Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Hey, this is Atari Man, and you're listening to Two Dudes in a Nest. Man, I love this show about as much as I love when Michael buys something off of me. If I could just find a copy of Wrecking Crew... What's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, recuperating from a family uh, reunion of sorts the past like five days. Well, that that's a long family reunion. Yeah. Well, it's um, Amber's family has come into town. Mm-hmm. Or they did come into town. They're gone now. But uh, mm-hmm. so we we had that to contend with from Friday uh, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way, from Friday until Monday. However, with Tuesday thrown in there in bits and pieces for good measure, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't actually leave until Wednesday, today. today yeah. So. Now, you did, you did send me a text. It may have been Friday night. I'm not sure. Um... Regarding this this family that was staying with you, and it says, uh, as as read here, I've got in-laws in from out of town. Here's the quote of the night: "I'm co-chairman of the dance committee!" Exclamation mark. <laughs> yes. Now, now I, I left it up to you to determine whether or not it was said in anger or right. like excitement was, or yeah. You know. So there's. There's a few things. This is this could either be somebody's really excited about being co-chair of the dance committee and they're like exclaiming it, or it could be an argument, a dance-related argument, that this person is trying to prove that he's right by saying, "I'm co-chair of the dance." <laughs> yeah, that was my two-way interpretation. Okay. Right well, it actually, turns out there's more than just two then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Actually, uh, the story goes, and we'll get into the guests. But hey, everybody, this is Two Dudes and Ness. We're going to talk about Kirby's Adventure tonight. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just kicked right. right into the tangent talk for the two stars and the, and the one stars. Right. But anyways, so um, yeah, the actual truth behind that story is we're, there, there's, a, there's a coup going in the dance world, okay? Mm-hmm. So the president of the, the dance club... Okay, 
Uh, he is, you know, he's like um, kind of a dictator of the dance club. He's like, this it's my way or the highway sort of a thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, everybody's like, well, what are you going to do? Um, did we mention his name? Did you quote his name? I did. I, I didn't say it. I didn't okay. know if we wanted to keep that under we'll, wraps. We'll just, uh, yeah, we do. We want to keep it under wraps. So okay. for sake of for sake of the story, we're going to call him. Uh, we're going to call him Jim Fred. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Jim Fred is. He's been in this dance club for like twenty years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he's got the uh, clout of the club, but the new president okay. is kind of a dictator. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. And this the story goes like we're we're trying to come up with a way for Jim Fred to start a coup and like overthrow this president <laughs> of the dance club, and uh, he was um, he was kind of saying you know this is this is I, I am uh, I am a member of the I'm a chair of the committee or the dance committee <laughs> like. Uh-huh. I can do this, you know. Not like, mm-hmm. not not like all of a sudden, yay! I'm the chair of the dance committee, or you know, like what you were saying, trying to win an argument. He was saying, uh, I'm the chair of the freaking dance committee, guys. Okay, so I, yeah, I can do. Yeah, of course I can do this. I'm co-chair of the dance committee. <laughs> right. Okay. So, is this a is this a dance? club for adults is it a kids dance team what what are we we dealing with it's adults okay uh so the it's a have you ever heard of the uh, south carolina shag i have not of course you of course you haven't because it's (laughs) it's not like it's a super popular dance but anyways (laughs) but it's apparently a pretty popular thing some of the listeners out there some of you guys out there may have heard of the uh, south carolina shag or maybe it's north carolina shag Carolina shag of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, so that's what it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But the, 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 if anybody has ever, the, by the way, it's not my family; it's my wife's family. So it's just, it's once removed, um, which <laughs> makes the um, which honestly makes the family reunion aspect of it that much more straining on me. No offense to her or her family; they're good sure. people. I enjoy them. The, we have good times, but when it's like a uh, five-day bender on uh, family <laughs> relationships, it's you know it can be a bit of a strain. It takes it still. Yeah, sure. Right. All right. Well, you should um, talk about uh, Kirby, though, don't you? Yeah. Good luck to him, though, and his coup advance. Do you uh, think he can do it? Oh, Without another, knowing any other details. Oh, here, let me give you one more detail, and this one may be the kicker. This may be the straw that breaks the old camel's back, as they say. Um, so the new president also has a new young buck who is, like, mid-20s, an awesome mm-hmm. shagger. He's, like, one of the best shag dancers there is. <laughs> He's a hot new commodity, and he uh-huh. is on the president's side. Oh man, that's 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 the dagger. Then it's over. You can't do it. It's going to be hard. It's is, going to be an uphill battle for old Jim Fred. Is he going to lose the the fancy twenty year old dancer if if he if he pulls if he tries to pull off the coup? Uh, yeah, it's a possibility. 
mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean yeah. th- there's also there's also uh there's always segregation or like a separation from church and state mm-hmm. or whatever you call it or the annexation what is it called where you split away Right, segregation. That's a, right. a possibility too, where Jim Frey could maybe just take some people and go start his own club. Mm. I don't know, man. It's a tough now, times. Uh, in the are they involved in competitions, or is this just for fun? It's just funsies, you know. Okay, kind of just for funsies, but it's taken fairly seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's fun, but <laughs> on a, but some serious fun. Right, <laughs> it's it's fun, but as long as we're we're having fun with the guys, that everybody's gonna you know follow these rules. Exactly. Right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, there's more I can right. get into, but we should probably talk about Kirby. So I'm gonna throw it to you after the segment intro, by the way, for uh, his story. His story. I, I like how I said that word. His story. His story. His story. Kirby's story. Here we go. It is now time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. All right. So we're talking about Kirby's adventure for the NES, of course. And now this is Kirby, the character Kirby's second foray in video games. And so Kirby was actually originally a... Uh, character released on a game for the Game Boy um, in 1992 called Kirby's Dreamland, and they brought it over to the NES in 1993. Was the release uh, March 23rd, 1993 um, for in Japan and May 1993 for North America, but so it was late in the NES cycle. Uh, the character Kirby was actually a creation of. Masahiro Sakurai. 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 And, yeah. Oh, Sakurai. Yeah. Sakurai has been involved in a lot of famous games. Uh, probably what most people know him for is either Kirby or Super Smash Brothers series. Uh, as company, Hal Labyrinth, which uh, developed the um, uh, Kirby game. Um, so. And we've also talked about another HAL game. Only one other HAL game so far. It appears. You know what that one is? I do not. I think you cut out there for a second. It's uh, Kabuki Quantum Fire. Whoa. The other game. I love that game. Yeah. Anyway, that's one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite intro. You know how you were talking last episode? I think it was last episode about your favorite intro you've ever done mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the cool running thing. I'm pretty sure my intro that I did for the Kabuki Quantum Fighter is my favorite. Do you remember it? I can't quite remember it. I can't close it. Okay, well, I challenge the listeners to go back and listen to that episode because it was uh, it's quite the intro. It really wasn't much of anything. I think I just yelled out Kabuki Quantum Fighter, but it was the way I mixed the music in with it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was good. All right. So, uh, Kirby's Adventure was developed, of course, by Hal, uh, with Masahiro uh, Sakurai returning as director and designer. He originally uh, created Kirby for the Game Boy game. And actually, the character Kirby was actually a, a kind of a place in for a future character when they were developing the first Kirby game. Uh, so, the, the original character was not supposed to be Kirby. 
and they made this character and named him Popopo. Popopo? Yep, Popopo was his original name. And uh, uh, Sakurai actually decided that uh, he actually just liked this circle blob-like character uh, instead of actually placing uh, placing him with a different character. Hmm. So that's how Kirby was born. Now, there's some debate over the name of where Kirby came from. Um, one thing, though, this is going to be a tie-in to our, our uh, one of our recent episodes. Um, Shigeru, Sh- Sh- Miyamoto, of course, was involved in this game as well. And uh, Miyamoto uh, says that the name Kirby came from James Kirby, who was an American lawyer who defended Nintendo in their Universal Studios versus Nintendo case in 1984. You remember what that case was about? Mm, man, I talked about it in a recent podcast. Um, no, it, it was not even like a couple months ago we talked about it, and I, I can't place it. That was over the, the Donkey Donkey Kong. Um, yeah, no, that's right. And King Kong and blah, blah, blah. So that's apparently where Miyamoto uh, has said the name Kirby came from, but there's no real confirmation of that. And that's not coming from a direct quote. It's just something that I've read. So I don't know if there's real fact in that or not. But, but uh, that's really where they got it. Well, we're going to consider uh, it fact. All right. Calling it fact. There it is. Um, but anyway, there was another big name that was also involved in this game uh, and its creation, and that was Satoru Iwata. Uh, mm, yeah. Recently passed away CEO of Nintendo. Uh, was also heavily involved, and there are some quotes out there of uh, Iwata actually calling Kirby his favorite Nintendo character. So... There you go. Yeah. Um, Of course, Kirby, uh, when they brought him over to to the NES from Game Boy, they expanded his abilities. Color came into play. And there is where uh, Kirby uh, became pink. That was Sakurai's original intent was for him to be pink. He envisioned him to be pink. And of course, the Game Boy had him as white um, because they could have pink on the Game Boy. Um, he was white, but, but it was really kind of like a green, right? Yeah, sure. Game Boy. Right. Um, but Miyamoto actually wanted him to be yellow. And so he would have actually kind of looked like almost like a Pikachu-like character, I guess. Hmm. Um, ultimately, Sakurai went out. Now, what did Sakurai end up doing? So Sakurai worked for HAL for a long time. because it would develop the... Uh, Super Smash Brothers games, a ton of Kirby games as well, um, and then he actually eventually left in uh, 2003. And the reason he says he left now is because he just got tired of doing a bunch of sequels, right? Like he, he just felt like all he was doing was making sequels to Kirby games and Super Smash Brothers, blah blah blah, right? Hmm. Well, since then there's been uh, other Smash Brothers games, of course, and he's always been involved in as a director. Uh, 
Was he involved in the latest, the one that's coming out this year? So it says he is the director of that one. Yes. Okay. I feel like he said this is going to be his last one. So apparently he he has something wrong with his shoulder and uh, he has some bad tendonitis and can hardly use his right arm because of it. And so it's, he says that has uh, decreased his uh, uh, gaming development abilities. So there we go. That seems odd, but yeah, I mean, he's not surely he's not actually doing the programming. He's probably just telling people what to do, right? Yeah, I would think at this point, especially for this for the Smash Brothers games, um, since he's just kind of the director of those games. But uh, anyway, I think that's. Of course, Kirby's been one of the most more popular Nintendo characters uh, from here on out. Uh, It's been in every Smash Brothers game, and even some of the characters uh, from this game, uh, like Meta Knight, has gone on to to make appearances in different games as well. So uh, this is really the birth of a franchise. I guess it's not the birth. I guess Kirby's Dreamland gets the, that title, but this was the a much more expanded version of Kirby's Dreamland. That um, had the, the uh, uh, concept of copy abilities, uh, where you eat the uh, uh, bad guys and then you get their ability, and uh, which we'll talk about more in the gameplay. So anyway, do you have this game? Did you go on a quest to find this game? Good question. Aye, it's time for Michael's quest to find the cart. Well, uh, for Kirby here, I actually sought this game out on purpose several years ago. I didn't get it in a lot. Uh, I honestly never played any Kirby games growing up as a kid, but... Uh, I just felt like I really needed a Kirby game in my life. This was a long time ago. I think this was even... Mm-hmm. This is when you and I were still living together, I feel. Or maybe right after. Um, but I just, you know... I can't. I, I didn't get it online. I think I actually just went and found it at like the... Ooh, I know where I got it. This will be a throwback for you. I don't know if we've ever talked about this place on the podcast before. I got it at the Sweetwater Flea Market. Oh, I think we have, but a long time ago. Yeah, so I, I'm almost 100% sure that I got this one at the Sweetwater Flea Market back in the day. Mm-hmm. The quintessential flea market for us. Yeah, th- well, the only one that I ever went to, really. Right. Mm-hmm. Only one worth going to. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's true. And back... There was a time when you could go and you could dig through NES games and they weren't expensive. And this was during that time. But since then, even at the flea market, it's just, you know, it's not worth it. But I can remember this was was in the back corner. Like when you enter the flea market, if you go all the way to the back corner, there was a guy that had a bunch of like video games and old nostalgia stuff. And that's that's where it was. Mm. The nostalgia guy. The nostalgia guy, that's what I call him. You could uh, easily walk and eat your corn dog on the way down. Yeah. Okay, we've definitely talked about the Sweetwater Flea Market. Yeah, I know right. we've talked about the corn dogs before. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So there must have been another game where I got it at the uh, Sweetwater Flea Market in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. So that's uh, that's my quest back in the day. Um, you know, it's really sad. I can remember the time when I went to the Sweetwater Flea Market, like after I was married. Amber and I went, uh, and mm-hmm. I was super excited to go because I could remember it being awesome. But I had not right. been probably since I got the Kirby game. So it's probably been like ten years or eight years since mm-hmm. I had been to the mm-hmm. flea market and we went and she had kind of remembered it fondly too. But when we got there, it was just, it was sad. It was dirty. Garbage now. Yeah. yeah. It was, it just, it was not good. I haven't been in so long that, yeah, I'm sure it's way different now, but, uh, that was kind of the sweet spot of retro game finds. Cause I'm sure you probably paid uh, not nearly as much as what this game's going for now. It was probably like five dollars. It was right. I mean, it was you know, it was it, this was one of those shops I can remember. Um, I don't know if it was the this particular time when I bought Kirby, but I can remember when I was younger, uh, like around the PlayStation era, like when I was in high school or, or a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably when I was in high school. I can remember going down there when I was in high school, and it was like. He would have his NES games there, and it would just be, there would just be a sign just like NES games five dollars, or or it was like five for twenty, and you could just yeah, and it didn't matter what the game was, you know, it's just like any of these games here in this bin, which were all his NES games, is like okay, these are all five dollars or four for or five for twenty, and you could just yeah rake them in, and if I had you know obviously if I had hindsight, uh, I would have picked the games that. We're going to end up being expensive, but yeah, well, how would I have right. known? For sure. And, you know, you think about it, it's like people were just selling their games just to get rid of them. And you just had people that, you know, weren't necessarily even collectors, but just, you know, wanted to play them just because, you know, for funsies sake. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, back then, uh, uh, back then I wasn't collecting them. I was just buying them because I wanted to play them, you know. Right. Right. And uh, now it's just a whole. It's a whole business in and of itself. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying Nintendo's missing the market. I mean, they're doing, you know, they, I know they released the, the miniature NES, but they could, could they could even consider start making new cards, I think, and people would buy them. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably could actually make a new cards. They really <clears throat> Not they necessarily all... every game, you know, yeah. just like the really popular ones. You know, they said, um, I think it was last month, did you see where the NES Classic was the number one selling console, period? Like not, like no. on top of PlayStation and Xbox One and the Nintendo Switch and all the, all the consoles, period. It was the number one selling console. See? Case in point, right there. Yeah. So, and if, think about it, if they would have just made it, uh, you know, with a cartridge slot, and then just started re-releasing the NES games all over again, <laughs> it'd be crazy. That, you know, Nintendo's made some pretty big blunders throughout the years, and I think that was one of them. They should have uh, put a cartridge slot in the uh, uh, the re-release the NES classic. Yeah, but in their defense, uh, they could probably make it a lot cheaper without it. Um, sure. There's a lot less things to go wrong with it, you know, that they'd have to try to fix right. with warranties and stuff. And even though they could make a lot of, probably could have made potentially more money on it, 
uh, in the long run by doing it that way. Nintendo's never been one to be solely about the money. It doesn't seem like. And of course, yeah. they, love, they love money, obviously, just like any company does. But they've made some decisions that were not necessarily rooted in making the most money possible. You know? Sure. I guess, yeah, I see that definitely. Yeah. Just, right. uh, we're going to do it this way and that's it. Mm, yeah, exactly. I think we should talk about uh, Kirby's Adventure. Do some little gameplay talk. You want to? All right. All right. You ready to talk about the gameplay? Yeah. What better way to begin the gameplay discussion than with the manual? Yeah. This manual this is, a, is good. It's a meaty manual. It's it a meaty manual. It is meaty. It is colorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's basically everything you could want in a manual. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of detail. Mm. Yes, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read this story. Uh, the oh, usual. It's, it's you got the usual stuff, by the way, at the beginning. You know, mm. Nintendo right. seal of approval. Blah de blah. Read before you using your NES. Nobody ever does that. <laughs> All right, here we go. So bear with me. Uh, I can't, I can't, there's no way I can read this entire story. I want to try to paraphrase on the spot. Okay. And this, this, may lead to, this, this may lead to disaster, but the, in my defense, the story is one, two, three, four, five pages long, mm-hmm. right. which, wow. I mean, that's quite the, uh, quite the story in in an NES manual. All right. Right. So here we go. A crisis in dreamland. Light years away on a tiny star not visible from Earth is the magical, peaceful place known as dreamland. By the way, I just changed my mind. I'm just going to read it because there's no way I want to paraphrase this. Right. Okay. Yeah. The beings that inhabit this wondrous world live in a blissful existence that centers on eating sleeping and playing sounds like my dog <laughs> <laughs> sounds like like yeah like the best life yeah um an example of their carefree customs include the traditional after lunch feast nap after they awaken from their nap the dreamlanders discuss their dreams and fervently hope that each other's fondest wishes come true Wow, this, this sounds so. This sounds so nice. They do. They have a little siesta, and then they wake up from their nap, and they, they talk, talk about, about their dreams, talk about the dreams, and hope everybody's dreams come true. Okay, one day, a young dreamlander named Kirby awoke from his after lunch nap feeling terrible. What happened? He wondered to himself. I didn't have any dreams during my lunch nap. Man, I hate it when that happens, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right after, you know, you get your lunch in, you get your lunch nap. No dreams. Might as well not even nap. Yeah, I know. Might as well not even eat lunch. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, by the way, I, with the family in, I literally almost took a lunch nap the other day because I was like so tired. I don't do that. I don't you almost did what? Oh, I almost lunch took nap. a lunch nap. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Speaking of. Yeah. But I don't normally do that, but I almost did. All right. Uh, <laughs> this lack of dreams left Kirby feeling very uneasy. After talking to some of his friends, he found that the problem was much more serious than he had thought, for they had not experienced any dreams either. Something must have happened to the dream spring. 
they exclaimed in unison. Oh, sorry. I should have exclaimed that in unison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm a bad storyteller. Maybe (laughs) maybe next time uh, you and I can exclaim that in unison together. That's right. Until then. Hey, actually, listeners, all you guys out there at the same time, I want everybody to exclaim in unison. You think this will work? No, I don't think so. But we're gonna try. Must have happened. Something must have happened to the dream spring. Okay, on on three, everybody out there. One, two, three. Something must have happened to the dream spring. Okay, did you all join Justin in that exclamation point there? I hope so. Anyways, I feel like I'm talking to children's classroom or something all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm reading oh, a children's boy. book to a bunch of kids, which we'll get into it in the gameplay. Uh, it's actually kind of quite fitting. But anyways, here we go. Mm-hmm. Right. The Dream Spring is a magical well that has, is a reservoir for all the dreams of the inhabitants of Dreamland. Dreams also flow out of the Dream Spring and envelop dreamland granting all sleepy beings enjoyable dreams legends told that the dream spring was created by a magical artifact known as the star rod the sparkling star on the tip of the scepter was an actual fragment of a star that had landed in dreamland in the distant past the star rod now provided energy to the dream spring and served as the very symbol of dreamland The lack of dreams made everyone in Dreamland feel restless and irritable. The joyful laughter that had once resounded throughout Dreamland could no longer be heard at all. Things were bleak. Kirby, the roly-poly hero of Dreamland, boldly announced his intention to investigate the Dream Spring and find the cause of all the trouble. Upon reaching the Dream Spring, who did he find but King DDD? Bathing in its magical waters. Um, All right, hold up here. He was yeah, peeing he's, in it. He's totally peeing. Yeah, he's just splashing around in it, having a good time. I don't. Yeah, and also King DDD looks kind of like Dad, Donald Duck. Uh, yeah, he kind of does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm. So uh, my guess is they don't actually say what King DDD is. Um, yeah. But my guess is he's a goose. A goose? Yeah. Goose poop. That's what ruined the dream spring. Oh, of course. You're God, welcome, Josh. Goose, goose are by the way. terrible. Yeah, geese are terrible about that. Yeah, goose poop. In the dream yeah. spring. There it there's, is. There's some That's hot goose poop talk for uh, Josh Witt, if he's still listening to the podcast. Right. 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 Upon reaching... Oh, we already talked about that. In the past, and then parentheses, see Kirby's Dreamland for Game Boy. <laughs> Shameless plug. Right. King right. Dedede had caused mischief in Dreamland by stealing all the Dreamlanders' food and sparkling stars. Now, in the middle of the Dream Spring, in place of the Star Rod, sat Dedede covered with bubble bath. <laughs> He's in that little. Uh... That pink bubble bath. He's just like splashing around. The... Yeah, I, this almost sounds like I'm making this up, but this is actually the story in the book <laughs> of this game, in the manual. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we can do a little two dudes theater. Are you following along? Oh yeah, I'm, okay. I'm here. 
Uh, All right, you want to do a little two dudes theater here real quick? You want to be Kirby yeah. or DDD? I can be I can be DDD. Okay. <clears throat> oh, what do you think Kirby sounds like? Hmm, I don't know. I think he would have a deep voice. Okay. Right. So you're up to your old trips again, eh, DDD? What are you talking about, young Pudgeball? I thought I'd do everyone a favor by... No, no, no. I won't listen to your tricks. What have you done with the star rod? Oh, that old thing? I broke it into seven pieces. It gave each piece to one of my friends. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was DDD thinking, Kirby wondered. Before, in, before hearing any more of what DDD had to say, Kirby set off on the long track to gather the pieces of the star rod and return them to the dream spring. Hopefully he could return the sparkle of the dream spring so that the people of dreamland could again enjoy their happy midday naps. <laughs> so, so how convenient of uh, DDD to break it into pieces that matched like how many bosses there are on this game i know i know I, I guess they maybe they were all there and he just like handed them each a piece you know before they all left maybe yeah I'm guessing so, so that's the story by the way i hope you enjoyed uh, that nice long story in the uh, two dudes theater that we did there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so now that's just the first 10 pages of the manual. It's only about a 25% of the manual. <laughs> I know. I really don't think that we can go through this manual. It would just take the whole show. So I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the story. I would def- highly recommend checking this manual out, though, because it is a really nice manual. It covers a lot of different colors. Uh, we mm-hmm. may refer back to it a little bit while we're talking about the gameplay because it shows lots of different things like all the different things you can do in, in the game, blah, blah, blah. You know, talks about the bonus games and stuff. So we may refer back to the manual, but as far as um, actually reading more from it, I think we're done. Right. So, so what did uh, what you think about this game? Did you play it as a kid, by the way? So no, I was never into Kirby. And I would assume by 1993, I was probably moved on to the Super Nintendo. So probably wasn't... So I I definitely didn't have this game as a kid. So I probably had already moved on to the Super Nintendo and and, uh, didn't really even give this game a thought. And it's interesting that Kirby's games can always come in the late life cycle of systems, right? Yeah, it is interesting. A lot of people say that the Kirby games are spell the end of the system. Yeah. Like when the Kirby right. game comes out, you know that Nintendo's about done with the system. Which yeah. is weird because the uh, Nintendo Switch started with a Kirby game, basically. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. They're, they're already done. They're already done. <laughs> they're already done with it. Let's <laughs> Let's hope not. It's also interesting that, that they did that. Well, I guess maybe this, the as far as this Kirby game, I mean, Kirby wasn't even really a character until 1992, so they really didn't have time to, you know, it's not like they were sitting on a Kirby character in 1985 and just didn't produce a game for it. Um, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you as far as when I was younger. Um, the fact that it came out 
at the time it did, I almost, I, I remember looking at it and seeing it come out, like reading a Nintendo Power or something like that and seeing it and just thinking that I was too old for it. Like it seemed like something yeah, that, it's, that something a really young kid would play. It's not appealing like a Mario or a Zelda, you know, and, you know, I compare them to those two games because Kirby's kind of become one, you know, one of Nintendo's uh, mo- more famous characters. But especially when it first came out, like I would have looked at this and thought, no, nah, I don't know. And, you know, even, um, you know, probably like you said, I would have thought this was like a kiddie game. Nothing that was really anything I'd be interested in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny that, that all those thoughts went across my mind. I never gave this game a shot. Then later in life, I thought I'd never played a Kirby game. I've got to play one. And I went for this one first. Um, but mm-hmm. my wife is the exact opposite. She doesn't, she, you know, we've talked about it in the past. She doesn't even like video games all that much. But of all the very few video games that she played when she was younger, the Kirby for Game Boy was one of the ones that she played a ton of because she, mm. she actually had it on her on her Game Boy you know, and she played it. So it's funny because when I was playing it, playing for the show, uh, typically I have to play by myself because... Nobody wants to watch me play video games, but it just so happened it was Kirby's. So it, was, it was kind of familiar territory, and I actually had an audience while I was, yeah. uh, while I was playing this game for the show. So I thought that was kind of funny. Which, yeah, it is, yeah. But you know, it's... it's uh, One thing about this game, though, is there seems there's a lot to it. There's a lot of different elements to it. With You know, uh, for example, the copy abilities that... Um, there's a lot of copy abilities to a lot of different enemies. And one thing is, is you know, you've got these guys like Sakurai, Iwata, uh, Miyamoto that are involved in the development of this game that have got a ton of experience now with producing NES games. So they've, they've can pretty much push the NES to their limit. And I think that we see that a little bit in, in the Kirby game. Um, oh yeah, I, this game is. I don't know. I don't know exactly how big it is or how much of the cartridge it fills up or any of that technical stuff. But I know yeah. you can tell playing it, uh, and we'll get into this more here in a little bit. The graphics, the sound, music, uh, how many different gameplay elements there are in it and stuff. This game is packed to the brim. It's got to be like the biggest game on the system. It's one of the biggest, if not the biggest. So. Uh, I think we've talked about the biggest, and I don't remember how big it was, but this was this is six megabytes. So six megabytes sounds like nothing, of course, but back then that's a lot. Um, so let's see. Uh, I just have to look it up. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, look it up. Let's just pause and uh, you know make for a great pod. Right, right. No, silent pod. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, uh, yeah, so it's it's packed. I mean, we'll no, t- no, talk this about- is the biggest game. Okay. Six megabytes. Okay, so. that makes sense. Okay, so this is the biggest game, and that makes a lot of sense, because it's just, it's just, it's got so much to it. That now, so the, I will say, uh, I talked about how I kind of avoided it as a kid. I didn't really mention whether or not I liked it, uh, but now mm-hmm. playing it uh, just as a, brief overview i think this game's a lot of fun uh mm-hmm. i love all the different gameplay elements the the copy ability is just so unique on the nes system i, I mean kirby in general 
the copy ability is kind of unique to Kirby, period. But can you imagine back in the day when this game came out? Uh, oh, yeah. Like how unique that that gameplay element really was? Oh, certainly. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, and I'm stealing this from somebody uh, else, uh, um, else's review, but I think it's perfect. It's like a mixture between Mario and Mega Man. It really is. Like you, you've got the components of taking other people's uh, abilities and using them, like the Mega Man. But it, it, the gameplay and the um, level design is very much like a Mario game. Yeah, I could see that totally. Uh, so th- th- another interesting aspect that I thought I find. awesomely unique about this game is you basically can fly I mean there is no um, there's no limit really to your flying you just suck in a bunch of air and you just float up in the air and you you can do it as long as you want for as high as you want to go Mm -hmm. or as high as the level will let you go right that's pretty cool that is really cool because most games they kind of you're kind of constrained in that you can only do so much you can only jump so high or it, they kind of like make the level so that that's it kind of traps you in that way with the gameplay element rather than the level itself right but in this right. game uh you're you're not confined really you just kind of the, the, they have to design the level in a completely different way because you're not confined to a jump really right so you don't have to you know obviously they have to design the level to have things that are challenging in the upper parts of the level because otherwise you can just fly over everything. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I did, however, find this game to be somewhat easy. Like, it kind of matches the aesthetic being somewhat childlike, <laughs> like for kids. Sure. Uh, the game is really pretty easy. Right. And I didn't see this in in anything that I read as far as what they were thinking about when they designed this game. Uh, whether that was the point of the game was to maybe be a more kid-like game. But I, I think that when I look at it, but then the other part of me says, no, I mean, they've, they've added a lot of elements to this game. And that was one thing I did actually read and I didn't mention in the history is the they packed a lot of copy abilities in essentially because they wanted the game to be have a lot of replay value and even though it's an easy game there's so many ways that you can go about playing it and using different copy abilities in different areas of the game that it has a ton of replay value even though it's you know usually easier games don't have a whole lot of replay value but um, this one still kind of retains it Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. I think part of the fun of the game is figuring out who you can eat and get their abilities, right? Like mm-hmm. who all can you copy abilities from? So, uh, like if a guy, perfect example, first level of the game, you see a guy spitting or like doing like this weird lightning move, mm-hmm. uh, and you're like, can I, can I do this weird lightning move? Let's see. And then you eat him and you swallow him, which is 
creepy. But. Right. <laughs> it's a two-step process. You can't just eat them. You got to swallow them. And how do so, you figure like that? That's another question. How do how do you figure out that that's something to do? If, like if you don't read the manual, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it's I, true. Just, I just kind of always you remember gotta, knowing how to do it. But how did I learn how to do it the first time? You know. Got to know the manual. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess. I, yeah. Do they design? I can't remember if they design an element. Uh, well, there is in the game so it kind of guide you to that. At the beginning of the game, and I can't remember the every detail that it goes through, uh, there is a little tutorial. Um, if you remember, so when the game opens, you know, it opens with Kirby being drawn. It teaches you how to draw Kirby, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that's um, But then it kind of goes through, like, the demo mode. It actually has, like, in the bottom part of the screen, it tells you uh, kind of how to control Kirby, what does what. Oh, that's right. Uh, it it may, yeah, you're right. It, it may mention that there. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't. I don't actually really paid much attention to it, but uh, uh, it may actually mention it there. I guess. So I'm kind of surprised if you think about the um, think about the NES. It's got two buttons, A and B, right? But so, it right. feels like they crammed a lot of things you can do in this game into those two buttons. Really, all you have is a jump and then like the suck ability, right? Yeah, uh, but, but what they did was they used a lot of combinations, like a down and B button, things like that. Like, um, uh, you know, like you swallow, you take somebody in with the holding B button, and then you swallow by pushing down. So it's like they took just, yeah, you have those just two buttons. B kind of takes the character in, A jumps. But then you can also use the D-pad to kind of do certain other things. Hmm. Yeah. Now, something else is really cool is, did you know, I don't know if you figured this out or not, that if you sometimes you can suck up two enemies at the same time and swallow them and you get like an even more unique special ability. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool, you know. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty Just- darn awesome. More added uh, elements to the game. Yeah, so I think yeah. the game is it's it's a a game of beating the level, right? Which is just every game to do that. But it's also mm-hmm. a game of just kind of it's almost a game of exploration. The, the levels there's no exploration so much to speak right. of, but the exploration is kind of figuring out how many different kind of abilities you can get, right? And, and what, what you can how you can use them to beat the level, yeah. Right. Yep. And that's uh, so that's kind of more the crux of the game than beating the level themselves, I feel like. Right. So, and, you know, for those of there's, I think there's, you know, just kind of skimming through the comment section, there's people that have never played this game. And it's really just a side scrolling platformer for, in its, in its real basic form. But then it's got all these added elements to it. So, um, as well. Yep. So there's um, there's seven levels in the game, seven stars, seven levels, uh, but there's sub levels within those levels, you know, just kind of like like you see on the NES. It's very similar to a lot of games you see. But I thought it was really cool how you went between the levels. Mm-hmm. Like the way you go between the levels is you kind of back out. Like you you'll go into you go it's the game starts off it's somewhat of an overworld but it's not like a mario 3 overworld where you're looking down on mario and going to the level 
it actually almost looks like it's a side scrolling and then you go into the door and that's the level and then when you beat the level you go back out of the door and it's the overworld so to speak but the overworld is just another side scrolling level with doors that you can go in right right that's pretty cool that's um, really cool and of course you know one thing we we can would be amiss to to not mention was this game had you could save your game oh yeah game, which is pretty important because even though this game may be a little easy it is pretty long it would take a lot of time to be in just one setting so right the uh, save states are pretty nice and it gives you a percentage to how much to how far along you are yeah I like that um, it's it almost feels like a precursor to like the layout and everything almost feels like a precursor to Super Mario World. Like if you look at the mm-hmm. elements of the way the game saves your progress and stuff mm-hmm. uh, in this game, if it, it almost looks and feels a little bit like Super Mario World in a weird way. Yeah, even kind of the backgrounds. Now that you think about that, like I just thinking about like the the uh, the level designs and backgrounds look really similar. Uh, which I was thinking that the kind of the under, um, I don't know what you would call it, but like the area where it tells you how many points you have and how much life Kirby has and all oh, that. The, the hood? Yeah. The heads up display sort of thing? Yeah. That, that just reminded me of Mario in itself, like Mario 3 or... Uh, uh, kind of had something similar to that as well yeah no it definitely does uh, I mean the Mario comparisons uh, in the gameplay itself are not too not too close I mean like you said it's it's side scroller but the the mechanics are totally different like he, Kirby's floaty and he slides around and it the the physics of the game are nowhere near what Mario is so, somewhat in a bad way for me because I really I love the physics of Mario games. Um, but mm-hmm. once, you get, once you get used to it, the Kirby game has its own feel, and it's not like um, it's not like some games we played where it just doesn't feel right. This game feels right, but it feels right for itself. You know, it feels yeah. different. Um, and yeah, the matches, controls are very smooth for what they are. Yeah, yeah, and it matches the character and the design and stuff. I mean, he's floaty. He floats. Literally, he floats. You know, so. I, I got no qualms about that, but yeah, I see, uh, you know, the elements uh, graphically are very reminiscent of Mario games in a way. So what is Kirby? Is, that's the, that's, that's the crux of the matter. What is Kirby? I don't know. He kind of reminds me of a marshmallow. <laughs> He's like a marshmallow or a balloon or a ball, maybe. A balloon, but he eats things. a balloon would be an apt comparison, I would think, because he's he sucks in air and he floats. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he eats it. things. He does eat things. It, I mean, he's the blob, basically, right? Yeah, yeah he really is. He's a pink blob. Yep. A happy pink blob. He's a happy pink blob. And I don't yeah. think we need to figure out what Kirby is, really. I don't, you know, you don't have to figure that out. It's fine. Okay. Okay. So, right. sprinkled throughout the levels are these little mini games. Did you how, oh, did you notice yeah. those? I'm sure you did because they're oh yeah, freaking sweet. I love I love like all three of them. Mm-hmm. 
So that's another element of this game that really brings uh, something extra to it is the mini game. So which one was your favorite mini game? Uh, quick draw for sure. I love the quick draw mini game. Yeah, I like. I actually like the uh, Crane Fever. You I gotta get you that. Would, uh, I figured you like the Crane game. I don't know why I thought you would the, like it. <laughs> get that uh, uh, big Kirby. Uh, I also liked at the end of the levels where you get to jump up and try to get to the, the uh, top platform. Yeah, the to little trampoline more, thing. More yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. It says jump, you got to hit the jump button at just the right time and you can go flying up through the clouds. Right, right. So just to kind of get overview, I mean, so you, you like Quick Draw. So Quick Draw is basically like a uh, Old West shootout, essentially. Um, yeah, it tells you, it'll tell you when to draw and when to fire and you just hit the A button. That's really all it is. But uh, mm-hmm. it's just fun. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, now, Kirby just shows up with a cowboy hat on. Oh, yeah. He's out in the middle of the desert. It's awesome. Uh, did, now, did you ever play, I don't remember what the name, I don't remember which Kirby game it actually is, but there was a Super Nintendo Kirby. I think it may have been Superstar Saga. Or, no, I don't know. I don't know which one it was, but it was just a collection of mini games, basically. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or, well, I can't remember if it had an actual game or not. All I ever remember playing is the mini games. But the Quick Draw game was in that game, too, but you could play two-player. Uh, huh. And it was awesome. But there oh, was also some other... Cool. There were some other mini games uh, that you could play. There's like six or seven total. And I don't know. I can't. Honestly, uh, I'm going to get so much hate from the listeners right now. But because all I ever did when I would go over to, I went over to Carl's house and he had the game and I never had it myself. But I would, I would go over to Carl's house and we would just play the mini games. So I don't actually know if it was a collection of mini games only or if it was included with a full game like this game is. Yeah. I just remember we would always go there when we would play the mini games on the Kirby. It almost felt like a Super Mario party or something where you just. I was going to say, I love mini game games. Like, I love Wario Worlds. I love the Super Mario parties. Probably the Wario Worlds are my favorite because they're just random. Uh, the WarioWare? Like... Is that what you're talking about? WarioWare, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, man, I really wish that the new the new WarioWare game, I really wish it would come out on Switch, but it's just. It just came out on 3DS. Yeah. It's like a it's like a collection of all the best WarioWare games in one WarioWare game. But it looks it looks awesome. I gotta say, like WarioWare for the Wii was pro- the original Wii was probably the best because it, you know utilizing the the controller for the Wii to like do a bunch of just random games was pretty fun. Oh yeah, well, we had a we had a lot of good laughs playing that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, yeah, I love that game. Do you still have it? I know you still have your Wii, right? Yeah, yeah, I still got it. Still I haven't played the, it in a long time. You got the WarioWare game still? I do. Oh, yeah. man. I haven't I'm played gonna to, it. I'm going to have to drive up to Lex. Yeah, I haven't played it in a long time. I need to break that out. The girls would like that. Yeah, it's fun. You, like, you have to do the nose picking and stuff. Yeah, it's good yeah. nose picking, balance a broom on your hand. Just random stuff yeah yeah now does does that WarioWare game use the balance board too or was that the one on Wii U I guess it's the one on Wii U because I, I don't know I have a balance board it may use it like 
but I've never used it. Mainly use it if you have it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It was an interesting concept. The balance board. Yeah, I I had it. Uh, never used it. Yeah. Like I we had it, We played Wii Fit for a while because that's what we got it for, you know. It came with mm-hmm. Wii Fit. Uh, and there was a couple of games on Wii Fit, man, that were awesome. There, there's a soccer header one where you just oh yeah they throw soccer balls at you and you have to hit them with your head by leaning back and forth on the board. Uh, we spent hours oh. playing that, but uh, just in general, <laughs> it was kind of useless. Yeah. Kind of like a lot of the accessories Nintendo's come out with throughout the years. Just mostly useless. Yeah, pretty much. They'll come out for like, like one game and then it's like, yeah, that's been it. That's the, so. that's the, the story of Nintendo, right? The Power Glove mm-hmm. too and stuff. Which we, we're eventually going to have to talk about the Power Glove for sure. We are going to have to talk about it. We, talk, we really only talked about the uh, Power Pad. It's the only one we really talked about, right? Yeah, Accessory wise, we, we did, and then I it was the zapper. We talked that yeah, doesn't count, yeah. Honestly, the um power pad episode that we did is like our least listened to episode. So I was thinking, so since then, I'm thinking, okay, accessory episodes, people don't really want to, they don't want to hear them, right? Yeah, boring as well as remember that when back when we thought, oh, every now and then we're going to do like a top five, something weird, like we did like top five Mario jobs or something. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, also one of our least listened to episodes. So <laughs> nobody cares about the uh, Mario jobs, yeah. So <laughs> if you if anybody out there is wondering why we don't do those anymore, that's because nobody listened to them, nobody cares, right. I mean, there was so few to listen to this. It just totally wasn't worth it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, how about Kirby? So let's, um, what did you think of the graphics? So I love the graphics. They're very cartoony, but that's what it's supposed to be. I think for, for Kirby, I think, uh, um, you would not expect it to be anything else. Um, so there are so many colors too, like on a lot of the levels that, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, so I, I really like the graphics to this game. Oh yeah, I give I give them a plus. Uh, well, let me give them an A because I had I did experience some slowdown at, at times, but uh, I they just they look awesome. Uh, the yeah. backgrounds move and stuff, and there's so many colors. Like you said, it's just okay. Kirby, this game gets late in the NES life cycle. They had totally figured it out because this game looks amazing. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, high praise for the graphics. What about the uh, sound and the music? So it was adequate is what I'll give it. I didn't really think that it was anything to write home about. Uh, There was nothing iconic, you know, because like you look at like Mario, Mario's kind of cartoony music, but it's it's iconic. I mean, you know, it's it's still got a good rhythm to it. Um, Or then, you know, we talked about games like Mega Man, who have like soundtracks you can just listen to outside of uh, playing the game. This game's neither. It's just, it's just, it fits the game, but it's not something that's great either. Yeah, I can kind of understand that. Um, I think it fits the, I would give it slightly higher praise than you did because I think it mm-hmm. fits the game better than just about any game's music does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think that I think the songs I think the songs are great, 
they're not really they don't really stand out like you said um but they just mesh with the style of game so well that i think they need slightly higher praise from me than they did you but i will say the sound effects in this game are great i love all the sound effects in this game (laughs) yeah that's true so the, the while the music is just adequate and matches the game really well the sound effects are cool uh, uh, there's oh, yeah. some really neat sound effects in this game, so I like the uh, I like the sound effects. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that too. So I, I I got a couple tips, hints and tips, straight from the manual. Um, if you think it will be too tough to continue with your current vitality level, check out the museum or arena. Remember that you'll have to fight for your power up in the arena, so be careful. Oh, we forgot to talk about that. You can go, there's, throughout the levels, um, some of the doors that don't lead to, they don't, all the doors don't lead to levels. Some of them lead to bonus stages. You can go to the arena, which is where you just fight and you get, you mm-hmm. get prizes. Uh, and then there's the museum, which is you, there's, there's various museums throughout the game and you go in there and you should get something. So, yeah. Forgot to mention which- that. The arena and Kirby going in there and fighting, is that the birth of the idea of Super Smash Bros.? It Probably may be. Not. I don't know. But, but. I mean, Kirby's always been in Super Smash Bros. too, so, you know. Yeah, I think Super Smash Brothers is, I don't know where the idea came from, but it's definitely sumo wrestling, right? That's where the idea comes from. Right. As far as the style. Speaking of which, did you do you ever play as Kirby in Super Smash Brothers? Any of the Super Smash Brothers? Mm, I did some. He wasn't my best character, but I did play yeah. him, uh, especially in the first one. Kind of here nor there, really. He had in the first one, and it, they kind of toned it down in the subsequent ones. But the one on the N sixty four, he had the ability where you could fly up and then turn into the brick, like you can mm-hmm. turn into the brick and fall from the sky. If you landed on somebody, it was just it was so devastating in that first game. Yeah. Uh, but since then, I think they've toned it down. I kind of quit using Kirby. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, how about another uh, hint and a tip here? Um, did you know that your ga- the game pack will automatically save the level you've reached, but will not save the number of lives? So be careful. If you, if you rack up a bunch of lives and quit, you will not have them when you come back. Better use them. Keep sitting there and playing. That's right. Uh, medium-sized bosses can be inhaled after you've reduced their vitality meter. Yeah. If there's an obstacle that obstructs your path, try sliding into it. Busting it open. I do that hey, all the time in life, you he, know. He does kind of look like uh, um, the uh, Kool-Aid guy. Yeah, I, I, maybe that is him. Busting through the walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, speaking of the Kool-Aid guy, I, I um, watched Family Guy for the first time in a really long time, hoping that it would be mm-hmm. as funny as it always was. Mm-hmm. And there's only like two spot, two parts in the first episode that I watched that were funny. I was really disappointed. Yeah. Here's the thing about Family Guy. Family Guy, like, first season was good, 
like seasons two through four or five were amazing. And then after that, it just died, hmm. in my opinion. And then it's yeah. like, but the Simpsons, on the other hand, they just like seem to somehow just keep getting better. <laughs> like I watched a new Simpsons the other day on Hulu, and it was like I I just it was hilarious. Like how do how are they still doing it? I don't know, man. I, I haven't. There's so many episodes <laughs> of the Simpsons. Uh, if uh, the app uh, for the Fox app on the mm-hmm. Apple TV, if mm-hmm. you use it, they have a. It's just like a Simpsons channel thing where you can just go there and just it just randomly plays episodes all day long. It's just like twenty four seven Simpsons, just random episodes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, but anyways, there, there was one part that I thought was hilarious in the Family Guy episode. Uh, it's it, it was the, the the initial joke was not funny. It was like the Meg was adjusting the thermostat or something, and she's like Peter Peter. She he came in because he heard her adjusting the thermostat or something, and that was kind of like the initial joke that was kind of supposed to be funny. But mm-hmm. the funny part was he said she's like how did you hear how did you know I was adjusting the thermostat? And he's like I got this thing in my head as as a dad that just tells me when somebody's adjusting the thermostat, and then like all of a sudden the door opens up to the kitchen. And uh, like the neighbor guy pokes his head, he's like, "Hey, hey, Peter, somebody adjusting your thermostat? My thing's gone." <laughs> I think I've seen that before. Yeah. That was somebody funny. adjusting the thermostat over here. Yeah, my yeah. thing's going off. He pointed his head. Uh, <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Uh, so true. It's funny but true. Yeah. Anyways, um, I think that's about. I think that's about it. So, time for the uh, is it fun, is it worth it part of the show. I was waiting for an intro. Oh, we don't have an intro for that. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I should have known that, but uh, I'm, I'm so I'm so gun shy now. Like after <laughs> the past few times I've spoke over them, I'm like, wait, is it coming? Is it coming? Hey, here, hi, here, I'll give you. Speaking of gun shy. How about I give you your own little intro? Are you ready? Yeah. It's time for the part of the show where we talk, say, is it fun? Is it worth it? Pow. Right in the kisser. Um, okay, so this game, you can get it. Let's let's give it an average price of like $22. It ranges from anywhere from 18 to 40 bucks. So... But it looks like more are on the end of like twenty dollars. So we'll say twenty, twenty-two dollars. Okay. Honestly, man, I had a lot of fun with this game. I think it's worth it. I do too. I think twenty-two, or I think that's easy. That's that's an easy pay for this game. And this is, you know, we get into these games with that are usually like twenty bucks or so. That's a lot of the kind of times that we say the game's not necessarily worth it. But this one is going to be one that I'm going to. I'd say pull the trigger on, buy it. If you're an, if you're an NES enthusiast and you've not played this, you need to play it. Yeah, it's 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 really the NES at one of its best. So the only person I would say that should not play this game is if you've played a Kirby game elsewhere, like on another mm-hmm. system or something, and decided you did not like the Kirby format. 
then don't play this yeah. game. But I will I, honestly, if you a lot of times I would say if you've played it on a newer system, it's better. No need to go if you go back, it may not be as good. Uh, this one though, I mean, if you played it on a newer system, you can go back and play this one, and it's just as good. Yeah, so it's not like if you played the Super Nintendo one or the any of the newer ones, and you think to yourself, "Well, I better not go back and play the NES. It may ruin my my enthusiasm for Kirby." I I would not worry about it because this game is it's it's just as good as the other ones, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. At least all yeah. the ones I've played. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, do we have any retrofitted trophies? Oh boy. Here comes my favorite part the retrofitted trophies. You have any? Um, I've got a couple. How about you? I've got a couple. Go ahead and start us off. Okay. Uh, pink is my favorite color. And to get pink is my favorite color. You have to uh, beat the game. All right. All right. Um, mine uh, uh, is, and for my next feat, look out, Joey Chestnut. And that is beat this game. And the reference here, Joey Chestnut is the reigning hot dog eating champion. Champion. And so if you beat this game as Kirby and you eat all the bad guys and stuff, you should be able to mop, mop the floor with Joey Chestnut. It's 70 hot dogs or however many he eats in a minute, in 10 minutes. That's true. That's true. So. Okay. I've got another one called uh, Pink is My New Obsession. And to get uh, Pink is My New Obsession, you have to open, you have to complete all the doors in the game because just beating the game will not have you complete all the doors like so you have to go through the entire game open all the doors and do do what's inside which mm-hmm. i think there's more after you beat the game there's some more or at least i didn't do them all on my way th- through the first time so yeah Cool. I like it. Um, my next one is give me that hundred bucks. And that is a personal reference of mine. So uh, that is get the biggest Kirby in the crane game. Nice. And the reason is, I, it seems like I've talked about this on the podcast, but there were, when we would go on beach trips to, to Myrtle Beach, there would be gas stations. And Versailles, I guess laws are a little different in South Carolina back then than they were in Tennessee but they had like you know the quarter machine where you put the quarter in and it puts it on that shelf and then that thing slides and it might knock the quarters oh yeah you know the total uh, rip off uh, of the game yeah it's completely rip off well there was another one that was a claw game and it had teddy bears in there the teddy bears had money strapped to them like a hundred dollar bill strapped to a teddy bear right whoa Except when you played the claw game and you were to grab one of the the bears, they were tied to the bottom with fishing line. Oh. <laughs> so you had to, you know, the game was you were supposed to try to break the fishing line, which I'm fairly certain was impossible. But uh, anyway, so that's that's 
Now, have we talked about on the show before the how the crane game's rigged? Maybe. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe we have, maybe we haven't. But I'm not going to get into it again, mainly because I don't remember exactly how it was rigged, but I remember watching like a YouTube video about how the crane game's rigged. Or how mm-hmm. they can uh, how they can manipulate it to rig it, and uh, it was mm-hmm. pretty interesting. So if anybody's Although, curious, I would look it up. There was one in this Mexican restaurant in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, that we went to a lot when we lived uh, up near, like when we lived in Tazewell, which is kind of like you know up in the Kentucky Tennessee border, and uh, uh, it was like the most generous crane game ever. Like pretty much always won when you played it all i had in it was like just balls like rubber balls Mm -hmm. that you know a kid can play with but like it was a quarter and every time you played it was like the easiest one you grab one of those balls and pull it out so it was they were just really nice just giving away balls to kids basically for a quarter nice i remember the one at food city being fairly easy i could win about every third time Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. My uncle plays that one a lot. Is there still one at Food City? Yeah, I guess there is. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the mm-hmm. old Food City, but yeah, right. Yeah, Crane my games uncle are fun. loves fun. playing games. Like that, yeah. <laughs> There's been multiple occasions where me or my wife or my, my dad wife. has like has has <laughs> ran into my uncle playing. The crane game at Food City. Nice. So you just every now and then you'll just you'll see your uncle at Food City playing the crane game. Does he get groceries, or right. he just he just goes to play the crane game? I'm not real sure. Uh, I think he may. I think he goes for groceries, but uh, he's probably going for groceries. But he's thinking in the back of his head, got to play this crane game. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard that. I mean, the crane game is how it's been most of my time while mom shopped until they got Street Fighter. And then I played Street Fighter. Then it's game on, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right, I, I got another trophy. All right. Uh, pink gets me high as a kite. Uh, <laughs> to get pink gets me high as a kite, you uh, just have to fly to the top of the stage. Mm. All right. All righty. Got any more on my mouth? Uh, no, that's it. Did you Did you catch my theme this episode? Pink. <laughs> yes. And the song of that Aerosmith. Yeah. They were, those are all lines from the Aerosmith song. Yeah. Anyways, uh, how about uh, we write this game? And we don't have an intro for it, by the way. So. Okay. Game rating. Let's see. Let's do type of bubblegum. Okay. I just saw Kirby kind of looks like a bubble that you'd blow with bubble gum. Okay. Oh, man. Type of bubble. I'm going to go with Juicy Fruit. Okay. Uh, because when this is, to me, Kirby is kind of a kid's game, but it's a really good one. And Juicy Fruit was like my favorite gum when I was a kid. So okay. I got to get, I got to give Kirby Juicy Fruit. And I just called him Curvy. <laughs> He's curvy. curvy. He is Curvy. Um, just one curve, essentially. Um, <laughs> one continuous curve, a.k.a. Right. a circle. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with bubble tape because you know the uh, it was it was one of my favorites as a kid, and it's got the color of Kirby uh, in it, and so when you blow a bubble, you can take a Kirby. I had a problem with bubble tape when I was a kid. Uh, What's I would eat it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know it was gum, but there was just something about it being on a roll that I would just—I just chew it and swallow it. I don't know; it's weird. It, it doesn't last long either. Like the chew value of it doesn't last long. Like it just goes flat in no time. So, yeah. so I had a problem with—I had a problem with the bubble tape, uh, chewing it and swallowing it. There was another gum I had a problem chewing and swallowing when I was a kid. Probably my favorite was Big League Chew. Yeah, Big League Chew was good, but I wanted to chew it because I wanted to look like I was spitting tobacco or something, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't swallow it. Yeah. But it's hilarious. Like, Big League Chew, you know, pretend you're chewing tobacco or, or candy cigarettes. It's a wonder they didn't have, like, candy beer. <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> That's yeah. what root beer is, right? Yes, yeah, beer. Um, no, yeah, big league chew. Now you know, <clears throat> my if my parents were right back in the day, all this bu- all this bubble tape, you know, whatever that other one I swallowed, is still down there. Oh yeah, it doesn't go away, right? That's <laughs> right. what you're told. I was told that it doesn't Sticks go away. Sticks in your gut. Stop, stop swallowing it because it's not going to go away. So I can I'm tell you, I've it's still seen- down there. I've seen many a colonoscopies of just people's colons just lined with gum. Yeah. <laughs> just stuck it in there. I mean, I'm surprised they can even pat make a bowel movement, you know? Right, right. Like or absorb anything. Gum's just stuck to the walls. <laughs> there was a, I'm not going to mention any names or who it was, but there was a person I knew that had trouble, had trouble pooping, uh, and they could not make it, they could not make a bowel movement or whatever. Uh, not me, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, but um, my guess is it's from all the gum that they ate when they were a kid. I would, I would assume. Yeah, it just, makes, it. it just makes you unable to go. Right. right. All right, that's enough poop talk. How about some uh, feedback? Which my my middle daughter, she just eats gum. Like we have to just keep it away from her. She just eats it. And no matter how much how much you explain to her, you gotta spit it out. Doesn't work. It's <laughs> like, yeah, match. She's so, already calling her bluff. She's already calling her bluff on it. She's like, oh, this goes right out of me. So what does it do, really? Because I've never actually researched it, it to find out. I'm assuming no, it just comes it out as a whole piece. Yeah, it, it doesn't get absorbed because there's really nothing to break down. Your body doesn't really break down gum, so it just will pass out in a turd, wrapped in turd. Kind of like, uh, so, kind of like corn. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you know anything can cause a bowel obstruction. So I guess if you ate like thirty-three packs of gum and swallowed every piece. Maybe it would cause a problem, but it would be it would have to be something pretty substantial in order to uh, to be a problem. Okay. That's yeah. reassuring. Yeah. Cause there's people that get like 
Which is it's the coolest name in medicine. A Bezor. Alright? Okay. Sounds like uh, a character like uh, in Power Rangers. A Bezor. But gastric Bezor is like somebody that's eat something that their body can't digest. It's, and it creates an obstruction. And so I guess gum could technically do that, although I've never seen it. It's usually people that eat their own hair. Um, oh, so they have a big hairball in their stomach. And they have to go. They actually have to go and surgically remove it, or if we get it with a scope, one. Um, so that's rough. So Bezor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bezor. Like, so it's like Mastodon, Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus, Bezor. Bezor, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was the original. It was the. This was going to be the original for the Green Ranger, but they decided to go with Dragonzord instead. Yeah. So. It's a shame. I would have much rather the Green dra- Green Ranger be the Bezoar. The Bezoar. <laughs> Just a big ball of hair. I'm the one in my house that doesn't actually get grossed out by hair, so I'm the one that has just clean the drains and stuff out of it with hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it is actually kind of gross, but, you know. Yeah, and... It's just one of those things, too. It's like, it, I, it, it, a lot of hair gets built up in the drain and no, and barely any time at all. I know, and you, you got a family full of women, so. Right, it's all long, it's all, yeah, it's a lot of hair. That's a lot of hair. Yeah. Anyway. Let's do feedback. Got a, got a lot of bees or All right, so... All right, so on the Facebook group, we have Sean Muldowney starting us out and says, Iconic. I know the joke is that Kirby wraps up a system's life cycle nowadays, but back in my childhood, Kirby's adventure was up there for me with the Mario games. The power consumption was fun and felt innovative, and the levels were fun. From the museums of power-ups to the claw machines, this game is a joy. Joe Copel says, I love Kirby's Adventure. When I got my NES again, this was one of the first games I bought. To me, Kirby should be just as prominent as Mario on any Nick Stevens says, insert Nick Stevens sound clip here. I don't know what that means. Maybe he got a call gave us a voice Yeah, I don't know what he means, sound clip? Yeah, I don't know. All right, Chris Randazzo, uh, hope I'm saying that right, says, I was a huge fan of Kirby's Dreamland on Game Boy, so when this game came out with its full-color graphics, awesome animation, especially for the sword and needle power-ups, and super cool power-absorbing ability, I was in love. The whole game layout was great. All the little uh, bonus games are super fun. The music is a joy. The retro level at the end is amazingly cool. And the final boss battle is nuts. I love this game. And it's still probably my favorite game in the series to this day. Brian Voss says, I loved that game growing up. Tyler Jones says, I love the mini games. Eat those SOBs. Some sobs. Uh, Chris. (laughs) Nothing like a buttery sob. That's right. Uh, Chris Vanderhoff says it's a great game, especially when the original came out, as not many games had the power absorption mechanic. Just 
God. It's a shame this was a Nintendo-developed game, as it would have been superior on Genesis. P.S. I'm sorry for not trolling you on the Double Dribble episode. I was feeling nice for that brief period. We may resume as normal now. All right. Thanks. Nice. Yeah. Aaron Higman, what a germ himself, says, Wonderful game. Owned it at launch. Some of the best graphics, gameplay, and music for the system bar none. Loved all the mini little mini games. Could have been a tad harder, but nine year old didn't comp- nine year old me didn't complain when he beat it. Andrew Code says, never played a Kirby game. I thought it was for girls when I was growing up. Luckily, time has allowed me to get over that hang-up. If you guys tell me to, I will play it. Play it. Play it, Andrew. Mike Levy says, I believe this says all I need to say. Right, Aaron? And it gives a a, uh, uh, link to his YouTube video where he talks about Kirby's Adventure. So if anybody's interested in that, um, I actually watched it, and he's the one that I, I said I stole that quote from, a picture between Mario and Mega Man. He's the uh, one that said that on this video that I watched earlier, and it's a good video. It's a good little recap. He actually made it shortly after uh, Awada passed away, so it was kind of a homage to him. But it's a good video. You can look it up on uh, the group page. He's, he. You go to dude you haven't played this game Kirby's Adventure it says this is a fun game that I've started and been determined to finish it never have any times and Mike King rounds us out but he's one tough cream puff alright and then on on the Facebook page we have a quite a little bit. Jay Jorgensen says, oh snap, this game is awesome. No video game character has ever sucked this much. Get it? Clever. There. clever. Mm-hmm. Mac Morton says, I-, I played this for the first time on the NES Classic. None of my friends had this game. The character always looked kind of lame to me as a kid. When I played it for the first time, I was pleasantly surprised. And how fun it is. I played it for, uh, for most of the weekend. Should have given it a chance when I was younger. Solid game. Hey, Joshua you know, Wiss. I, 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 uh, can I pause you for just a second? I, I heard you say it and did not comment. And we also did not talk about it throughout the entirety of the show. But there is a... I forget which listener mentioned it in their comments, but there is a level at, in the last level. There's a segment where you go back to the Game Boy game. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that because it's one of the neatest things that this game does. Like it, yeah. in the last level, somewhere in the middle of the last level, uh, Kirby actually goes back to the Game Boy game, and it's like black and white. It's, it's really neat. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, I can't believe That's I forgot to mention that during the show. And then, then you somebody mentioned it in the comments. And then I just like, I guess I'm, I was too busy pulling up uh, the voicemails to pay attention. <laughs> it was a nice little homage there. Um, Joshua Witt says an excellent platformer, even though Kirby really sucks. I didn't know that this was on the NES until long after I played it on Game Boy. Douglas Delecky Jr. says, Dude was modeled after the blob. He is freaky as all get out and will eat your very existence given the chance. 
get him before it's too late. Nathan Sweeney says, very excited to hear your thoughts on this game. Gameplay was amazing and being a late release NES title 1993, it looks amazing as well. Philip Gibbs says, this was the first Kirby game I beat, although not the first I played. It is pure fun on a cartridge. Brian R. Jackson says, big pink marshmallow that swallows stuff. Cool. Cool. Andy Andy Lewis says, never really played it growing up. Can't get into it now that I'm grown up. All right. That's fair, I guess. Well, that's his guarantee, I guess. Um, Joshua Ryger says, oh, probably my pick for best NES game of all time, except for Action 52. I think that's a joke. Yeah. My call says, my favorite power-up is the microphone. Classic Wrestling Stars says, good one. And Dustin Wynn says, awesome game. That rounds us out. All right. Google Plus. Brian Ballard. Brian Ballard. Yeah. Let's hear it. My first experience with Kirby was on the Game Boy. My brother got it for his birthday one year, and pretty much every Smash Brothers thereafter. As for this game, I like the graphics and varied upgrades that Kirby can use. I think this one will be well regardless on the podcast. I think he meant, I think he got autocorrected. I think it's well regarded, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not his fault. I blame autocorrect. Then on the Twee Tour, on Twee Tour, we got uh, Paul and Andy from Power Trip Gaming. Those guys put on a good show. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. So go check out Paul and Andy, Power Trip Gaming. Uh, they say one of the absolute best games on the Nintendo. Just like Nick Stevens, this game is definitely in my top 10 of all time. The Genesis James wow. would agree, and Tom Arnold would be impressed. All true right. statements, I think. A lot, of, um, a lot of good praise for this game. Yeah, Nick Stevens actually comes in here. He says, uh, my top 10 list is getting ridiculous. That it is, <laughs> Nick. That it is. That's true. Uh, and then Paul, knocking more out. Paul Kluhl rounds us out on the uh, Twitter. He says, very solid title. Controls well. Easy to pick up and understand. Very easy to see why the franchise was successful. Totally agree with all you said there, Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now we do have uh, several voicemails, and that should round us out. All right. So let me pull up these voicemails here. Shouldn't take but just a second. You can just, like, uh, you know, sit there and listen to the silence or listen to me randomly okay. so that I can prove that there is no silence. <laughs> we, could just, we could just let Truncate Silence take that out, but instead I'm going to ramble so that it actually does not and makes us look like yeah. We'd rather have rambling than anything, right? I'd rather look like not very good podcaster, you know? Right. Sure. All right, right. here we go. Yo, dudes. This is St. John's from Nerd Noise Radio, and I have just finished the back, listening to our backlog of two dudes episodes, episode after episode after episode. Oh, jeez. I really need to go play some Sega now. Anyway, I uh, thought I would comment on a handful of the games that you guys have talked about in the meantime. Um, Strider, 
So I, I only ever dabbled in the NES version. I, I don't know. It just never caught on. And I, my first experience with Strider was the NES version, so I assumed it was, you know, normal. I assumed it's what Strider was about. Later on, I uh, encountered the Genesis version, and I'm, I mean, you guys already hate me for that Sega crack. You guys are really going to want to stream me up after saying this. I'm that huge and brilliantly detailed and all that stuff. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I think I skipped what uh, you were yeah, going to say there, John. Um, and, you know, that brings up an interesting thing, uh, an interesting trend. This is pretty true across, maybe not 100% true, but largely true across NES, SNES on the one hand. Master System and Genesis on the other. The Nintendo systems tended to take a lot more liberties with the arcade ports. Uh, they were a lot less faithful. Sometimes that's for the better, and sometimes it's not. Uh, and we can, I mean, it's probably more subjective whether it's better or worse, but like Double Dragon on the NES was com- almost a completely different game than the arcade game, whereas the Master System version suffered from similar hardware limitations, but in terms of the level layouts, the way the game played and all that stuff was much more faithful to the arcade. Um, like I said, which one wins, which one loses is in the eye of the beholder. I know you guys are so biased, you're going to prefer the Nintendo version just out of principle. <laughs> okay, all right, put, put away the torches, put away the torches and pitchforks and stuff, guys. Um, anyway, it's an interesting dynamic. So, uh, now, Wampum. Man, I loved Wampum. I loved it. It was like Mega Man, only with just a close-range standard weapon. I loved the, uh, it was like an, it was like a parallel universe of Mega Man, an interesting take on it, and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I love the level design. I love the music. Now, I, I don't remember the particulars of this, but I know the uh, original Japanese version didn't feature Native Americans. It's like uh, some sort of Chinese legend, I believe. Um, but, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing, the power of suggestion. Because my, I, I experienced this game with a Native American character. I hear this music, and the whole time I'm thinking, this music sounds, quote-unquote, Native American to me. You know, it invokes Native American imagery to me. Which is funny because that was never the intention of the composer. The, the composer never was thinking Native Americans. Anyway, uh, I did feature some awful music on Nerd Noise Radio, episode 20, a pair of tracks. Um, let's see. The Bridge. You mentioned The Bridge on the Switch. I've never played it, but I want to get to it. It, it, it is or... Oh, he got cut off. Mm. Did I mention... Because uh, okay, so that was John from Nerd Noise mm-hmm. Radio. He does a podcast all about... Uh, actually, he does like... I think he has different channels... He's got he's got multiple yeah, right. noise podcasts. But anyways, it's all about music. Uh, John, uh, if if anybody ever remembers Retro Thought Pod days, if anybody ever listened to him, uh, they would know that John, love him to death, is a little long winded. So there's yep. another there's another message. Also, eventually we're going to have him on because he's got quite a bit of knowledge about hardware, and I would think it'd be mm-hmm. a cool episode right. to have him on just talk about the NES hardware, which that will happen someday in the future. But John continues. So here's another message from John. Yo, dudes. It's John from, uh, from Nerd Noise Radio again. I got cut off by the answering machine because I just go on and on and on and on. <laughs> anyway. He freely admits it, too. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the Bridge. So, yeah, I never played it, but I, I wanted to get it. it you know, it, it was, or maybe even still is on sale on Switch eShop, so... Um, you know, maybe I'll go pick that up. Uh, Karnoff. I only ever dabbled with it. You know, I, I, I had it on the NES. I played it a handful of times. It just felt so wooden to me. You know, I just, I, it never caught on to me. But the arcade version looks a lot better. So I'd love to maybe uh, get a ROM in the arcade and, and play that. Uh, 
And that's an interesting, another interesting point about NES sports. When they are good, they are gold. And when they're not good, man, they are. I'm, I'm thinking of skulls and crossbows. <laughs> that game felt like playing a block of wood. But the reason I bring that up is because it kind of feels similar. I mean, it feels like a block of wood to me also. Um, Donkey Kong. Um, not much to say about it, but I love it. It's like the perfect, simple game. You know, a first, expert, first encounter with Mario, who completely changed all of our lives. First encounter with Donkey Kong. Um, you know, some chick named Pauline. Uh, I think it's Pauline. Man, I'm going to be really embarrassed if it wasn't Pauline. Anyway, um, you know, so I have it on the NES. I have it on the NES Classic Mini. I have it on Atari 2600, television, Atari 7800. I think I have it on ColecoVision, and then I have the arcade version on Switch. So, yeah. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to touch base with you on those games. Um, you know, uh, all of them easily in top 10,000 games. Yes, they all are top 10,000 games for me. So, anyway, talk to you later, dudes. Bye. Thanks, John. So, John, right, are, you starting, are you starting a top 10,000 list? Nick Stevens yeah, got his top 10 like list. All right, here's another, uh, here's another one. What's up, dudes? This is Jay-Z NES from YouTube calling in to talk about Kirby because Kirby is an awesome game. And hopefully you guys like this one. It's nice and easy. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty fun. It's a good one. It's colorful. It's very graphically and musically uh, a great game. Uh, see, my experience with Kirby was one of the first games when, when I first played like an NES back in the day. This was I was using the evils of emulation. Whoa, what? Oh, demo mode. I was the bus, but here, here's the thing. Uh, I was like 12 or whatever at the time, so it was like, that's like all I had. I couldn't just like go seek out these cards or whatever. But basically, some of my first experiences with the NES, these are like the, the magical days, you know, where Kirby and I had uh, like a boy and his blob and games like that, you know, and the Mario and that kind of stuff, you know. And Zelda's and stuff, and you know, so Kirby's Adventure is a game I'm, I'm very nostalgic about from that uh, that emulation period of, of my life uh, with the NES. And it's, this is one of those games that uh, kind of helped define my, my enjoyment of the NES, you know, and it made me want to go and collect all these games. And it's kind of one of those magical games like that. Hopefully, you guys liked it. You had a good time um, playing it, and can't wait to listen to the episode. So, uh, ben Jay-Z NES signing out. I think, uh, I think Jay-Z NES has our number. He said, I think you guys like this game. It's easy. It's colorful. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, oh, he knows what we like. We like colors. It's and we caught like on. Them. We like them easy. All right. I got uh, three more voicemails. This is a voicemail heavy episode. I think it's because Kirby's a pretty popular game. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude. This is, dude, my call. I haven't called in a while, uh, mainly because, unfortunately, the last couple games you guys have covered, I've never played before. But uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, and if uh, dude, my call is too uh, difficult, uh, you can call me the Piper Dude if you want, because I play the bagpipes. But uh, anyway, I've nice. uh, been wanting to call for a while, and I just haven't had much to talk about, but I just heard something the other day. Actually, today, it made me think to call you guys. We have a neighborhood pig, too. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. He got cut off. 
No. <laughs> he has a neighborhood pig too, and his mom said she saw it. Hmm. Oh man. There's another Speaking of pig. which Speaking of which, my mom has had some pigs, plural, uh showing up in her yard. Yeah, these pigs, man. Like four and there's like four or five of them. And she says it's okay. Like, you know, at first she thought it was just funny. But now they're like they start rooting in the yard and stuff. They're they're kind of destructive a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're so. a little bit of a nuisance. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And a dude anyway. my call said we could call him Piper Dude, but it, dude Drew Backo can tell you that we don't call you by what you want to be called. We call you by what we mm-hmm. call you. So you pay, you play the bagpipes. You say we can call you Piper Dude. I think you're, we're going to be calling you Dude Bag. Dude Bag is best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Dude Bag. So welcome to your new name, Mike. Uh, dude or Bag. Should we call you Dude Bag? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, we got another voicemail here. Sorry, sorry, Dude Bag. Just ask ask Slapper Bags how he how he likes being. Right. When Jess and I come up with nicknames. Right. Right. It's great. They normally include bag in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here's another voice now. Hey, dudes. It's Dude J. Dude Jorgensen. Dude Fish Looks J. Calling in. I was just playing some Kirby's Adventure on the NES Classic. My daughter was helping me out. What do you think of Kirby's Adventure? See, she really liked it. <laughs> I used to play this game a little bit when I was a lot younger, but I didn't have a nest long enough to actually, you know, play the game a lot. So this is like my most memorable experience playing it recently because, like I said, I haven't played it since probably '94. Um, I played a lot more of the Super Nintendo versions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My kid's playing Pac-Man on the NES Classic now. So, uh, well, now that I think about it, she's really just playing the demo screen. But whatever makes her happy. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Bye. Dude, Jay. Yeah, I, I asked him to call in because he's not called in in a while. He he made you know he commented on the Facebook page. Said we needed a we needed a dude Jay call, and uh, he doesn't disappoint. Did not disappoint. Thank you, Jay. All right, we got one more voice. I'm a little, I'm getting a little worried. We haven't had a, we haven't had a call from Mick Stevens yet. So this is the last, yeah, this is the last call yeah. on the list. So hopefully, hopefully, he called in. This is probably going to be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from Mick Stevens. But uh, this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like probably top oh. ten. Yes, good. Wow, I was top right there for ten. Me. Top Another ten. Top 10 for Nick Stevens. Another Nick Stevens top ten. Of course. Well, if that's not a ringing, if that's not a ringing endorsement to go out and buy this game, I don't know what is. Right, right. He loves it. All right, I got that's it. I got one more announcement. Uh, So, as many of you know, we're now on Anchor, Anchor Anchor.fm, the podcast service. Uh, And Anchor is starting a new thing where it's kind of like a tip jar. And we're one of the we're among the first podcasts. They they reached out to us and they said, "Hey, we like your all's podcast. Would you like to be one of the first podcasts to work do this tip jar thing?" So, 
I don't know exactly what they're calling it. I don't know if they're calling it a tip jar, if they're just calling it like a monthly contribution or something. They're basically trying to cut into Patreon's game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that as a listener, you should stop your Patreon donations and move to Anchor. But, you know, Anchor system may be better, maybe worse. Probably not going to be worse. Probably gonna be better. Uh or at least on on par, it may be easier. It may be easier to do. Maybe easier to make right. a, mm-hmm. a little monthly contribution anchor. I don't know. We're pretty excited about it. I think it's gonna be cool. Um, again, it's there's nothing gonna go behind a paywall. Uh, there's not gonna be anything special, as far as I know, on this new service. Um, I think it's just mainly gonna be like like it's like I said, like a tip jar. It's gonna be like if you want to throw some bones our way and don't ex- actually want anything in return. You just like what we do. Uh, and you like, you use anchor. Then I think, um, I think basically it's going to be just another way to contribute to the show if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, patrons, patrons got their way of doing things. Anchors introducing their way, their new way, which is releasing today as this podcast releases, as Justin and I are talking about it right now, it's we're still under an NDA confidentiality thing, so I can't release this episode until they release the ability for us to do that. But yeah. I think no matter what day you're listening to this, uh, it's the day that they started doing it because we've been we were holding this episode until until that time, so that we don't uh, we're not in breach of our NDA. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think it should be cool. Uh, again, not something you have to do. You'll still get all the episodes. Not like a. It's not anything that's going to prevent you from getting episodes. It's just a selection or something available to you if you want. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Uh, shout and all out that support sh- is appreciated. Yeah, I definitely is appreciated. I mean, any any little, even the smallest contribution, uh, has been great for us like um justin just got a new mic it's not on this episode mm-hmm. so you're probably still hearing a lot of bangs from him i know that's been a <laughs> i know that's been a constant uh nagging issue for the two stars to to harp on but i think we're going to get that fixed sorted out just getting a new mic of course you know mm-hmm. the soundboard playing all these fancy schmancy sound effects mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and yep. and uh, maybe one of these here yeah. All right. So we got that. Uh, we just got lots of cool stuff happening, all because of the Patreon people. Uh, and the junk box that's coming this year will have some swag in it, so you guys can look forward to that. All thanks to the Patreon donors. Anyways, so shout out to the Retro Junkies. Uh, the announcer for this episode is Atari Man. He has a, a video game store. Uh, so check that out. It's on, you can find it on Facebook. It's Nick D's video game vault. So check out his store. Uh, shout out to the Wii dude for doing awesome stereoized versions of NES tunes and shout out to the Fox dude for our awesome logos, plural. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Nintendo switch up episodes have a nice sweet new logo too. So thank you to the Fox dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just shout out to Dude Bag for being such a good sport for having a new nickname. That's right. That's right. So, you know, you can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, all the social medias, 
or our website, twodudesinanest.com, then tendudes.com, and nesdudes.com. And you can always give us a call by clicking the button on the website or by calling 775-7-RETRO-1. All right. Until next time. Bye.